I'm Kim. I'm Kim Carter. I'm one of the one of the directors here. Um, so, uh, isn't it great when the worship team sings, sort of do your preach before you you get there? I just thought, yay! <laughs> you know, that is so good. So today, I was just thinking, God, you know, what, what do you want to what do you want to talk about? What do we, what do we, you know, what do you want? What's the subject for today? And I thought, the presence of God. And uh, so um, Pete's been talking a little bit about uh, sort of you know, how we experience the presence, how we experience Holy Spirit. Is Holy Spirit, um, you know, you talk about um, rain, you know, experiencing God like rain, as the Holy Spirit coming on us, or wells or streams of living water that flow from from within us and of course it's both i tend to think personally i tend to think of the the sort of rain as as the more corporate is how i sort of picture it but that's totally up to you and and the springs as as the more personal um but i just think no i think it you know there is like the resident presence of God in this building. It's not because of the building itself. It's because of the people who worship here. And, uh, and it's not a coincidence that the streams of living water flow out from the east of the temple. And, and we're at East Gate. And, uh, you know, the streams of living water flowing out from, from this uh building uh, corporately as we serve but obviously as we go in all our different directions um, each week I also just love the meta the sort of picture that Jesus paints in John 14 he's talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit coming alongside and then he says if anyone obey if anyone loves me he will obey my commandments and my, uh, and my father will love him and we will come and make our home with him. And I, I mean, just that, that wow. Father, Jesus and Holy Spirit choose to make their home with us. Isn't, I mean, that is just mind blowing, isn't it? You know, wonderfully, um, mind blowing. So I was thinking, well, God, what do, you know? What's going to be the takeaway points? You know, when people at the end of this, you know, at the end of this preach, what what do we want the takeaway points to be? And I'm thinking, you know, what 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 are, you know, what are the teaching points? And was getting nowhere really, um, or thinking, no, that's not it, that's not it. And then God said to me, "You're asking the wrong question." I thought, okay, and it prompted this question in my in my mind ask me what do you want them to experience because we haven't transitioned from the presence of God we are still in the presence of God (laughs) you know um, when you actually think about it um, the whole experiencing the presence of God um, isn't a problem from God's point of view Psalm 139 says where could I go but where could I go from your spirit or where could I flee from your spirit? You know, it says, if I go to the heavens, you're there. If I go to the dark depths, you're there. If I go across the oceans, you're there. So experience the presence of God is just us learning to tune in more or recognize. Because sometimes we think, oh, presence of God doesn't look like that. 
It looks like, presence of God looks like lots of different things. So, uh, so I said, okay. So I said, God, what do you want them to experience? He said, I want them to experience my goodness. And I thought, wow, that's just what Paul has just been, we've been worshipping, we've been singing about. So I just want you to sort of close your eyes and just remember or think about, zone in to, to God's goodness. Patrick's, Patrick's there. <laughs> but it might be that as you do this, it might be that God, you actually feel something, you see something. You actually might just remember a time of God's goodness. So let's just zone into God's goodness. <laughs> what feelings, what feelings are you feeling? What feelings are people feeling or emotions are people feeling? Shout what, say Joy? <laughs> Something else? Happiness? Peace? Isn't it so easy? You know, it's funny. I, yeah, I quite often work in a, in a tea rooms in Gravesend. And, uh, and I sort of sometimes, where I really connect, I can really connect with God. And it, I don't know why that particular tea rooms, but that works for me. And, uh, you know, I consciously, I could tell any time I consciously zone into God kind of thing. Or I just, I've got this silly grin on my face or this big smile on my face. Um, you know, so um, what, did anyone get any images? Image, picture come into you. Doesn't have to mean anything. A banquet, Yes. I tell you, images of the goodness of God for me often involve sunshine because I'm just a real outdoor person. Yep, sunshine, a smile. Yeah, a smile. The face of God. Sometimes we, yeah, the face of God. Who just got some thoughts? You're not a feely person. You're not a. You know, you're more of a. Anyone thoughts? Your major? No. Or words? Anyone? You know, a word came into your mind or you felt like God was saying something to you. Provision. So Donna got provision. I am closer than you think. So you're experiencing the goodness of God. And Dennis is, and God's saying through Dennis, I am closer than you think. Wow. I just start, yeah, the presence of God is an encounter with his goodness. And you might think, well, Kim, that's a bit fluffy and nice. You know, is God always fluffy and nice? No, but he is always good. You know, sometimes we experience, you know, God's justice is an expression of his goodness. God's correction, when, when we have that check in our spirit, all that, oh, wow, I shouldn't have done that. And we need to go, that is God's goodness to us. So the presence of God is an encounter with his goodness. And I think when you think, I was just thinking, you know, we've got the sort of the corporate and the, um, um, the, the um, personal. So probably for many of us, if we're saying the presence of God corporately, probably our first image that comes to mind is something like this. Yeah. 
in the worshipping and didn't, I mean, just love it, the way our worship teams um, bring us into the presence of God. But the presence of God is also, you know, as, we, as we listen to God's word, as we look at what, what God's saying, but it can actually sometimes take you by surprise. And, and I just want to say a big thank you. I don't think Karen and, and but Karen Wellspring and the team and with the musicians, um, on a, sometimes on a Sunday evening do their encounter evenings. That really is the presence of God looking very different than you probably would expect. Uh, I went to the last one and they'd got, um, uh, sort of a tent and you went into this tent it was like going into it was like Narnia going into a new land you went into this tent and then out the other side of this gazebo was all daffodils and things in pots I just got such a, a, a sort of encounter with um, with God I couldn't actually say what happened it's not important but you know, sometimes it looks very the presence of God looks very different than we think and I love this one in Exodus 24 um, the Israelites are camped at the bottom of the mountain and Moses goes up the mountain and there's fire and thunder and the mountain shakes and it's all about the holiness of God and, you know, the, the other people, the Israelites mustn't go up because it's a holy mountain. So it's all a bit sort of scare, you know, that power and the holiness of God. And, um, and it says, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. So they have a full-on encounter. It sounds a bit like something from uh, sort of when John experiences um, you know, uh, visions in Revelation. Under his feet, so under God's feet, was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. And you're thinking, you know, you're waiting for the next bit. Uh, you know, and you, I don't know if you, like, you're like me. When I'm reading the Bible, I'm sort of, sort of jump thinking, ah, and this is going to happen. So you know, and you expect them to fall down or cast their crowns or you know, be undone in the presence of God. And it says, because they'd been told not to go up the Howley Mountain, but then these seventy had. But God did not raise His hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. And I thought, that wasn't what I was expecting on the next verse. Now, I'm not saying that we can um, lay on, you know, three-course banquets for, for you every Sunday. But sometimes, you know, the presence of God looks very different than we think. Um, Nehemiah 8, there's Ezra reading the book of the law. And they've just rediscovered... The books of Moses, they mean all the books, it's not just the law. But as they're reading the law, they're cut to the heart as they realize they haven't been, you know, they haven't been following the law. And they're ready to um, repent and, you know, they're sad and and everything. But again, um, Ezra says, go and enjoy choice food and drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I think the presence of God looks a lot like fun. You know, sometimes we think joy is the sort of spiritual emotion, and fun is the unspiritual. I love having fun in the presence of God. Uh, you know, I love, <laughs> I, I lead the treasure finders. These are our three to five-year-olds. 
and we have fun in the presence of God. We do silly songs and we dance up and down and we leap about. And, and yeah, I love having fun in the presence of God, joy. Now, I do realize that the next sort of bit of the presence of God is really going to stretch it for probably a large percentage of you. But later in the same chapter in Nehemiah, the presence of God looks like camping. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's probably more Bear Grylls style because um, it involves branches and things. They actually celebrate the Feast of Shelters. And uh, and this, I think it lasts for a week. Um, you do actually realize that it's actually a bit more like um, <laughs> that they actually do it on their roof. It's a bit like having a sort of tent in the garden, but still being able to, you know, go in and use the kitchen and, and, the, sort of, and the bathroom kind of thing. But I thought, yeah, that... <laughs> But that, you know, that, I say that might be a stretch. So one of our values is a multi-generational church. And it, when we say this, it's not, we don't have the idea of one generation passing the baton onto the other. Sort of successive generations. It's the, it's the thing of, of every, you know, that we are lots of generations running together. And uh, I love, um, you know, our, probably our, some of our eldest members are Keith and Lulette, and they've been running with this church. They've been part of this church for, I don't know, probably 25 or more years. Um, and then we've got our little tiddlies, you know, my, my, my treasure finders that I love to bits, and they're, they're uh, praising God. So, you know, last Sunday, I, who was here? Well, who was here last Sunday? We had this multi-generational service and the children led the, well, leading the service. What was really, and it was very, very different. We were expected to get out of our seats and stand up, sit down, experience God. I want to thank you for your generosity of heart in engaging with that. Because it was, uh, we were fairly, you know, people were going in all directions. So thank you. If you have, particularly if you haven't got children, thank you for your generosity of heart in engaging with that. Because we want to be able to, for, for all ages, at times in our, you know, times in our services, we want as many, as, <laughs> as many generations to be able to engage as possible. And the worship teams are working on the, 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 um, their, choice of songs and um, their, you know, how, how we present the songs and we're working together as, as sort of um, you know, the children's teams and the worship teams and uh, last Sunday I had, we were on um, grandparent duty which is no duty whatsoever, it's a complete joy and so we had a three year old and a uh, sorry, a five year old and a seven year old and uh, they're with us and they are, they're trying to engage. They actually needed help to engage. So if you're a parent, do everything you can to help your parent, your children engage. And it was just absolutely fantastic to see so many of you out here on your seats helping your, your children engage. I was looking. Um, so thank you so much. Keep up the good work. You know, try and be where your children are. Um, so if they're up the front, it's great if you're up, up the front with them 
But, you know, and if they need a little explanation, like Laura did a great job of explaining what the word redeemer was. But I just, you know, was turning to Sam and saying, you know, redeemer is that Jesus died to buy us, you know, to, to give us a relationship with God. And he's, so he was then singing away, my redeemer lives. Um, so, so yes, it's, 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 you know, it's very different. But what was so great was that the relationship that the children had with God was so obvious. They'd prayed, they'd seen differences in their, in their, um, in their um, schools. But also, that process, if you were there, it wasn't that Steph wrote a kids service, you know, wrote an all-age service, and then said to the children, oh, can you do this, you know, I've got this activity, it would be great if you could host it. She got the children together, and she asked them, how can we lead a service? And we're recognizing even leadership on our children's you know, some of those children were as young as about eight, I think, was prob- uh, probably the youngest who was actually speaking. Um, but they were leading us. And it's great that the youth are leading the service on the 20th, the second service on the 29th of July. Um, and uh, we were asking, I was talking to the youth on equality. And... Uh, so, you know, there was asking them what kinds of equality and, uh, you know, whether ra- racial equality didn't seem an issue. At that time, there was the, all the um, stuff about um, equal pay and particularly in the BBC and in British Airways. And there was the Me Too sort of thing was big in the news. And so um, um, equality of men and women was important. But someone, one of the other leaders said, oh, do you think there's equality with generations you know, do you, and they said, oh, yes, we feel like we could do anything. And what was really, what had really inspired them was a couple of weeks previously, our youth team had been asked to um, lead a seminar at another, at a big youth event um, hosted by another church. And so um, David had gone along and he'd asked two of our youth to speak. And a number of the other youth had gone along to support them. And... Uh, the youth said, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, they, they preached. You know, we, could, we can do this. And I was just thinking last week, having the children involved, you know, how that is helping this, you know, for other children who weren't, um, who either weren't in a position to, you know, the, uh, to help last week, but either were, you know, too shy, they'll be inspired to think, yes. You know, this isn't what, well, you know, this, this service thing that happens on a Sunday morning isn't something that adults do at the front and we sort of tag along with. This is what, this is part of what we, um, are involved with. So I just want to say a big thank you, um, and well done for your, um, engagement with that. Right. So we've talked a bit about the corporate, um, expression of, of the presence of God. How do you experience, you know, how do you experience the presence of God? Presence of God for me often involves a cup of tea. If I'm going to, I love to, to get, get alongside, get, a, get my Bible or, um, you know, sit and, uh, and just sort of say, God, sit and think with God. Now I know some of you love soaking, you know, lying on the floor with worship music. 
that's great. I remember going to a, 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 um, a seminar or one of the outbreak meetings at a conference in Bethel, and it was for women, and there was... Um, Benny Johnson, who is famous for soaking and being in the presence. And there was Kathy Vallotton, who's an um, organized, she's the lady who organizes the school. And there's a Sherry Silk, who at that time was on the senior team and, and she was um, running the local um, big events venue for the city. And, you know, so someone asked them about how they connect with God and, and, uh, and, uh, Benny says, oh, I love to be on the floor and, you know, just be lost with God in all these wonderful experiences. And Kathy Vallotton was a woman of my own heart. No, Sherry Silk said, if I soak, I just start planning my day. (laughs) I thought, oh, thank you for being so honest. And then Kathy Vallotton said, we have a big garden. My husband bought me a ride-on lawnmower for my birthday. It takes me, it takes me three hours to mow the lawn. I can't imagine what size garden. Well, I've seen it, but I can't imagine which. They must have more somewhere, or paddocks, or something. She said, "I ride up and down on my on my sit-on lawnmower." And experience, nobody comes near me, and me and God have a great time. <laughs> I thought, there's a woman after my own heart there. So, we, it, we say, even better than the cup of tea is the cup of tea outside with the view. Yeah, that's where, you know, but the presence of God. On my bike, yep, love experiencing God on my bike, but I love experiencing God as I walk through Gravesend, isn't it? This is where, you know, we think, as I walk along the busy street. Some of you might be more like that, going for a walk. You know, I'm just hoping that some of you will suddenly realize, you know, think, oh, yes, you know. Because I get some people say, oh, I'm really not good at this thing. You probably are, but you're not recognizing it, or you're not helping yourself. You're thinking it's got to look like this. There's a, a verse in um, Psalm 18:28, and I love this. I was reading this. It was about probably about eight years ago. I was reading Psalm 18, and this really struck me because you know, there is something about practicing the presence of God. And Sarah Vaughan is going to be preaching in a couple of weeks' time, I think, on, in an evening. And she, she's really, she has researched all the mystics. And these people, they were, they, they were sort of like, there was one of them who was so in the presence of God that people would watch them. He worked, he worked, and people would go and watch him doing the washing up. I mean, don't know if you get people watching you doing the washing up in this incredibly <laughs> but you know, we it is on our ownness, but I love this bit. You, O oh Lord, keep my lamp burning. God is putting so much more into this than we are. God will communicate with us in any way that we receive, I think. You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can advance against a wall. 
against a wall. Now, we put that immediately into metaphor, don't we? Thinking, oh, yes, we can scale this, and, you know, it's, this is all picture language. For David, which this psalm is attributed to David, this is actually the practicalities of everyday life for him. He was a warrior. You know, so when he says, with your help, I can advance against a troop, he actually had to, you know, go up and over. You know, I don't know what was, you know, God was giving him courage. I can't imagine what it would be like to scale a wall with, you know, defenders raining arrows or whatever it is. There, so there's this, you, you know, there's this link with the Holy Spirit and God being with you in what you need to do today. That's what, you know, we might think, oh, that's really amazing. But you think what you need to do today. And, you know, and God is with you in that. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. And my mind just got thinking. And um, actually, I'll just go forward to this one. You may probably know the quote of Eric Liddell, the runner in, someone tell me what year, Olympics. In the Olympics a long time ago. <laughs> and, um, you know, he was a missionary in China. And people, you know, there was, people were saying, should he be doing this? You know, he should be sort of back on the mission field and everything. And he said, I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. There was this thing that, and he won the gold medal in the Olympics. Um, and there was this thing of, of how God had made him. And, and him fulfilling God's destiny and feeling the pleasure or the presence of God. Because often, you know, the presence, it can be conviction. I'm not saying it's always pleasure. But there is this sensing the pleasure of God is sensing the presence of God. And I just struck me when David was saying, he trains my hands for battle. You know, did, did Jesus, uh, did David actually feel the presence of God? In, you know, when he's doing sword training. I don't know, but there are these things that we, we do in, in life. And, um, you know, God, it's, it's in our everyday lives. You know, for, for Eric Little, it looks like running. You know, God had made him that way. And he's, you know, and he felt God's pleasure. What do you do? How has God formed you? You might take it for granted. Um, Can you do um, amazing spreadsheets? Work out, you know, reorganize a business. Can you reorganize a business? You think it just comes naturally to you. But this is, you know, actually think, wow, you know, begin to recognize that there's God's gifting on some of these things that we think are everyday things. There's God's gifting on those. You know, what could I, you know, some of the things I just said, what can I say, you know, what can I say that I do well? One of the things, that, for me, it just seems like a completely natural thing to do. 
I can read stories to under five-year-olds, and I am really good at it. I love it. Yeah, I can get one-year-olds to sit on the floor and listen to a story. But it's not everybody's gifting, but I feel the pleasure of God. I feel pleasure. I enjoy, I just love doing it. Um, I'll happily sit on the floor in the market and read to a group of children. But, yeah, what is it? It has not just your, your massive things, but when you're every day, feel the pleasure and the presence of God in all that you do. So just take a minute. So just think. In a way, what's, what does God like about you? You know, or what do you, what's God, what's God made you good at? This might be something really spiritual. It might be something really, you know, what you think is spiritual or something more of a practical nature that you've taken for granted. And just think, I know his presence and his pleasure and goodness when. I know his pleasure and his goodness when I. Right. I've actually thought. So this week, just sort of turn your hearts to Jesus, the Holy Spirit. You know, more for me, it's a learning journey. Yeah, I don't walk around feeling very spiritual, you know, sort of, sort of on a cloud all the time. And, uh, you know, but turn your hearts and also let God give you his well done and his pleasure on you. And then not, and just know God, you know, it is God who fills your lamp with oil. Let him do that this week in your everyday, you know, in our lives. Um, yes, let, you, let God do that.